the 23rd Psalm so well known to us, we probably can uh, recite it without looking at the scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well known passage, and probably, as I said, the most famous scripture of all in the sense of what people know, along with the Lord's Prayer. And it's so important for us today because, as I shared yesterday in our Saturday morning meeting, the gathering, um, things just got real in the world. In the sense of, if you notice the other day, the announcement by the utility companies that the price of gas and electric, I think it is both, are going up by 80%, which probably means in, in a, a real sense, the price for, for is, is doubled. Amen. Your gas and heating will now cost double. I think it's October it begins, in the autumn. And we were sharing that yesterday and, and looking at that from the viewpoint of economic bondage or oppression, because here's the thing, folks. Um, there's not a lot you can do. There's not, a, you can't say, well, I'll go, I'll, I'll, you know, it's not like saying, well, I normally shop in Marks, but I'll go to Lidl. You know, um, it's not like saying, well, I'm paying lure pack prices for my electricity and gas, but I'll just pay utterly butterly price, I'll find, a, a, you know, a, cheap, a cheaper, because the, 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 it's a cartel. Okay, which means that they've all decided that they're going to put your price up and a weak, corrupt, complicit government is allowing it. So far, anyway. And you may say, well, you know, these guys are entitled to make a profit, they're entitled to charge extra if that's what has to happen, you know. But folks, have you seen the profits that they're posting? Amen? So, why does that, why speak about stuff like that in church? Because it's a real life situation. And folks, if we're not dealing with real life in here, then we, I wouldn't come if we weren't going to be dealing with real things. If it was all pie in the sky. If it was all just, oh well, you know, we're so heavenly minded and we don't really care what's going on in the world. Folks, people will die this winter. And that ought to concern us as a church. And it ought to concern us here in the Foundry Boys because we all know for many, many years that the poor and those who, who have great need are very much part of our DNA in caring for them and so on. And that isn't virtue signaling as they call it. It isn't just, you know, trying to be pious. It's, it's reality. And every church should have the poor on their minds and on their hearts. Amen? And you know, the Bible tells us we could get into it today, but we won't because it's not really our subject. But government should care about the poor. And sadly, we have had successive governments that are more interested in lying in their own pockets than looking after poor folks. But as we saw yesterday, or we, we were looking at yesterday, and we're not going to really look at the same scriptures as such today, the answer is in God's word. The answer is in the Lord. The answer is in the Bible. 
The answer is a spiritual answer because the roots of our problem are spiritual. Okay, and some people may say, well, what's happening in the nation is the judgment of God uh, and so on. That's one way of looking at it. But I'm more interested today in looking at divine solutions for present problems. Now, I've preached this for many years about economic oppression. And as I said yesterday, people would look at you like, what's he talking about? I'm, I'm comfortable. I've got a good pension. I live in a nice house. I've got a nice car or I've got two cars. But it was always coming and it's coming now. And I was listening to something, I think it was in the radio or television, something like that. Uh, I don't listen to the radio, so it must have been TV, I don't know. Anyway, what they said was, yeah, it was in the radio, sorry. Not that it matters. That this increase in bills will actually hurt people who are in £45,000 a year. £45,000 a year that the increase in bills will start to hit them and they will start to have to cut back. Okay? So it's not just for folks on the bread line. It's not just for folks, you know, on, on, on short and small incomes. This is going to hurt most people. And I'm not here today to speak about, oh well, it's terrible that bills have gone up. I'm here today to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Lack is not our portion. So you can live in Sky TV news, you can read your paper, and you can fret, you can be worried, you can be frightened, and people the other day on TV, I'm petrified, I'm petrified. Understandably so. But brothers and sisters, we have an answer, and the answer is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You say, well, how can, how can that verse help me? Because let me just say this. If you... If that verse lives in you, and you live in the reality of that verse, then no amount of lack will touch you. Okay? How will God meet your needs? I don't know the details, but I know He will. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory. So this psalm is not just a nice wee psalm to recite, to make us feel good at night, to, to give us comfort. God's word is supernatural. God's word has the power in it to make it real in our existence, in our lives. It will manifest in our lives. What he said will manifest, but you and I have to be serious about it. We have to put God's word on our lips. We have to listen to God's word. We have to read it. It has to go through the eye gate, the ear gate. If you're just casual, like I said yesterday, sloppy about these things, you won't walk in them. And so, let me just say, for, for practical things, if I were you, I'd be reading Psalm 23 many times a day out loud to yourself. Because the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And it's not so we can boast about it as a church. It's not about you know, selfish things or being proud, prideful. But we want to say that in this church, in all our lives, there will be no want, no lack. And the reason is because the Lord is our shepherd. 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You know, a shepherd's job is to lead the sheep to green pastures, which means a shepherd's job is to see that the sheep are taken care of. Folks, these aren't just spiritual things. When everything's going well and there, is, there, there aren't price hikes, there aren't shortages, we can spiritualize this and say, oh yes, green pastures, he's talking spiritually. Well, yes, spiritually, but folks, where the rubber meets the road, amen, you need to know the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not lack when you go to Asda. Amen. You need to know that uh, when you switch your gas on or your electricity on, well, the Lord, the Lord provides. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. So green pastures for us, what does that look like right now? It means our bills paid. It means not having to cut back on our shopping. I saw a lady the other night on TV and, and they were asking her, what do you think about these price hikes? And she said, well, as long as my son is fine, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Um, I'll get by. And basically what she was saying, and the reporter drew out of her, I won't eat so that my son can eat and, have, and, be, and be heated. And that's tragic, isn't it? And you might say, well, she's grandstanding. You know, I don't think that particular woman was. Some people, they make political points out of all this. But folks, if it doesn't, if these scriptures that we're going to look at today, if they don't meet our need at the very basic level, then this, this is just a book of nice sentiments. But I can tell you this right now. You know, I could stand up here and teach a lot of stuff, um, but it's, it would just be that nice sentiments. If I did not believe that this book has the power to transform lives and to meet us at the deepest point of our need. I wouldn't be standing here, okay? I'd probably be watching football or something. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He feeds us. And that's not just a spiritual thing, okay? That is... He feeds the belly. The physical man, as much as he feeds the spiritual man. He leaves me beside us the waters, which means he gives us peace. He gives us rest. Who could use some of that? Amen. In this hustle, bustle world of great darkness, wars and rumors of wars, uh, and, you know, the threat of nuclear conflagration. I know I've mentioned it before. But, you know, I don't read things on the internet by cranks. I, I, I read reasoned, intelligent uh, information. And people who know far more about these things than me tell us that that nuclear threat is very real. So what do you do? Do you say, well, I'll just give up. I'll pull the duvet over my head. No, folks. We are people of faith. Okay? And that and the faith is the victory, the Bible tells us, that overcomes the world. And so we're not defeatists. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So he leads us to places. You, you say, well, 
It's a miracle if I find any peace in this world, folks. God is in the business of doing miracles. Amen? Then it says, He restoreth my soul. What a great thing that is. Because it's the soul that gets troubled. It's the soul that gets full of worry. It's the soul that does the fearing and the worrying and the anxiety. And it's the soul that gets damaged by things that happen to us in life. But folks, you don't need to go to a therapist. You don't need to, you know, take pills if you let the Lord restore your soul. He restoreth my soul. Far better than any doctor could. Far better than these guys. Was it Dr. Phil used to be on the TV? All these guys. Amen. Far better than Who's that guy? Jeremy Kyle. Amen. I'm going to take my problems on national television and tell all the world about my messed up life. And Jeremy Kyle, he'll do a lie detector and sort. But friends, he restoreth my soul. If you'll let him. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's a great promise. Because if you're one who strays, from the paths of righteousness. Amen. And that, you know, it's, it's so good that all you goody two-shoes that have never strayed. Amen. You've always been, you know. But for the rest of us who maybe are apt to stray, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Amen. You know, um, if you are, as I said, you know, I, I think I used the analogy before of a, a little child that a busy road, the father of that child or the mother of that child will grab the child's hand and take the child across the road safely. Because if you leave it up to the child, tragedy. But he leads me in the paths of righteousness. So all you have to do is put your hand in his. Remember that, that, that song? Put your hand in the hand of the man who stills the water. Amen? feel like singing it, but I'll, I'll spare you all. But it's a, great, it's a great gospel song. Put your hand in the hand of the man that calms the troubled sea. If you've known troubled waters lately, put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. Amen. Go and look it up on YouTube. Johnny Cash, great version. Anyway. I'm hearing the drum beat, but I'm going to restrain from breaking into song. <laughs> Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's only a shadow. It's only a shadow. And you know, we can get frightened with shadows. Uh, and we can get scared in the dark. But it's only a shadow. The valley of the shadow of death. What does it say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. There's, there's the reason we fear no evil. 
for thou art with me. There isn't a person in this room that he isn't with you. Okay? And and, and that's great because, but we all have times where we say, well, well I, I didn't feel him or whatever. It's not about feeling it. It's about believing it. It's about knowing it. And saying, and let me just say this to you, in your worst moment, he was with you. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He'll never forsake you. I will fear no evil because he's with me. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now a shepherd has a rod and he has a staff, you know, with a crook. And he uses them to hit the sheep. Doesn't he? Let's, let's be real. That's what shepherds do. They hit the sheep. Okay? Now, who got hit as a child? Amen? You're, you're here today. You're still here. You're, you're poor wee lamb. You know, you get these people. You know, oh, it, it, it was... It was in fact, I read in the paper about somebody was riding a camel and the animal charity says, oh, that's a cruel thing. This person's riding a camel. Uh, the, the camel uh, is uh, upset with us. Did you know that camels are upset with human beings riding them? No, neither did I. You see, this is the thing. Okay, when you read God's word, but if you read the Daily Mail, Amen. We live in a world of nonsense. And one of those nonsenses is that your child will be traumatized and scarred if you give your child a scalp in the bum. Now, I know that there was abuse. Amen. I know that parents took it too far and you got battered. And who remembers when the neighbors were allowed to hit you? Yes. Amen. You would get a scud for the neighbors. And he would go home, Dad, Dad, that neighbour hit me. Did he now? Let's go over there and shut the door. Did, did you hit him? I, what did he do? Well, he did it. I'll hit him harder than that. <laughs> so you get double for your trouble. Amen, you got a double portion. Let me just say this, camels are not upset because humans have been riding them for thousands of years. Amen. And sheep aren't upset when they get a quick, Oi, don't go there, from the shepherd. Now, folks, we are the sheep of his flock. Okay? And the, the rod and the staff, what that means is when you come to church and the pastor says something that stings a wee bit. Amen? That's his rod and his staff. Come on, you can do better. No, don't, don't go there. Over here. Over here to green pastures. Don't go down there because that's where the wolf is. Amen. That's where the bear is and the lion and the wolf and the fox. That's the place of danger. That's where you'll get caught in the thicket. So there's a wee dunk for the, the staff and the rod to just gently ease you back into the right path. You know, I'm preaching Psalm 23. It's not really what my message was. We'll get there very quickly. Thou preparest a table before me. This is getting into it now. In the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. What I want you to see from Psalm 23 is that this is a psalm 
of God's protection, preservation, yes, but mainly for our purposes, especially today, of his provision. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. In other words, you will have a banquet. You will have a buffet in the presence of your enemies. People will see that God is blessing you. People will see that God's hand is on you and you will, you see, it might well be that a lot of people will take pleasure in seeing lots of folks plunge into poverty over this winter. Deeper into poverty for some and into poverty for others. But folks, when that's happening, for those who the Lord is your shepherd, he will make a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Amen. Your cup runneth over. He anoints our head with oil. Our cup runs over. Let me tell you what, the, there's only one purpose of an overflowing cup. It's not to get a stain in the carpet. When your cup overflows, it's so that others may place their cup under your overflowing cup. And that's what it, what it means here is when God blesses you, then he does it so that others can be blessed through you. And that's why it's so important to have a generous heart. And, that's, and, and praise God, that, as I said, that, that this church has a history of that. My cup runneth over, so I can invite my neighbour. Come fill your cup from mine. God wants us to have that heart about us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As you're going about your business, look over your shoulder, because goodness and mercy are following you. And all you have to do to experience goodness and mercy and stand still and let them catch up. Amen. I want to encourage you this morning that no matter what happens out there, no matter rising prices, shortages and shells and all that stuff, it's happening, it's happening to many people. But folks, as I said yesterday, it may be dark in Egypt. The plagues may be coming to Egypt. But in the land of Goshen, there's provision. Remember the children of Israel, and the, they, they dwelt in the land of Goshen. And there came a point with all the plagues that came upon Egypt. As David pointed out yesterday, when they started to touch the finances, God made a distinction. When the plagues came, Britain with COVID. It touched everybody. Christians, good friends of ours, perish. Amen. And all stuff's going on and, and, and churches closed and, and so on. But as David pointed out, in, in Egypt, when it touched their livelihood, when it touched the financial side, the Lord said, I will make a division. And all the bad stuff that happened in Egypt did not happen in the land of Goshen where the Israelites dwell. 
But folks, you're in the land of Goshen right now. Amen. God doesn't want us to live subject to what goes on in Egypt. There are different stuff, different stuff going on in Goshen. And eventually the Lord took them out of Egypt and took them into the promised land. And we're going to sing, we're dwelling in Beulah land. See, I would rather live in Beulah land, amen, than live in Sturgeon land. <laughs> or whoever's the next prime minister. I would rather live, and, and it's not living in, you know, we're not talking about living castles in the sky, we're talking about the reality of God's word. The reality of God's provision for us. And if God has to do it supernaturally, then he will. Amen. And we're looking into right now uh, the prospect that we may have to step into as a church at some stage, which is feeding people around here who, who are going to really struggle with what's coming down the road. How often we do that, the logistics, we'll work that out. But folks, we need to be ready as, as, as a church to meet the needs of the people. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God shall supply all your need. Not some of your need. Not a portion of your need. All your need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What that means is God said, I will provide for you out of my infinite source and glory well. Well, it may show up that somebody brings you something, that somebody gives you something. It, it'll probably come through men, but the source is the glory. So you say, how are we going to survive it, Pastor? How are we going to survive? Because it's not just 80% in October. They're saying your bills will treble by April. Who can afford to pay that? And folks, let me just remind you as well, it's not just individuals. It's businesses and churches. So churches' bills will go up. So unless those churches are living in Psalm 23, are living in Philippians 4 verse 19, then a lot of churches may go under. I saw a guy the other night, a butcher, and I think he said his bills, electric bills had gone from something like six, 7,000 a year up to 22. He says, I'm, I'm closing the business. Now, if businesses like that stay open, guess what, what that means? You'll be paying far more. Now, this isn't designed, and we're going to close this soon, this is not designed to make you scared. It's designed to get you into this book. It's designed to get you into Psalm 23 so that as you walk through the door, I can say, recite Psalm 23, and you, because you've lived in it. And if you live in it and it lives in you, then you will not lack. There is no lack, the Bible says, to them that fear him. The young lions might lack, but there is no want to them that shall fear him. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches. I just want to encourage you today that if you fill your mind and your mouth with words of supply. 
And there are many of them in Scripture, and we can give you, uh, hand them out to you if you need them. When you fill your spirit, when you fill your mouth, when you fill your mind with your consciousness, shall we say, with words of supply, the power of God kicks in, and you will walk with supply in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things, which means all your needs met, may abound to every good work. In other words, what he's saying here is this, God can make it so that you have all your needs met and your cup will overflow. It's good to have your cup filled. But folks, we want to go beyond that to having our cup overflow. Amen. So we have a corporate responsibility as a church. And I do believe we have an individual responsibility as believers to say, Lord, use me to bless those who can't bless or provide for themselves. Amen. So, let's close this with a word of prayer and commit ourselves to the Lord. Father, we see in the news and other places prices going up, shortages, Lord. We know there's political things going on behind that. Lord, that's not our concern today. Our concern is, I pray, Father, as the pastor here, that every single head bowed here, every single person would be blessed by the blessing of Abraham, would have the supply of God in their lives, which means, Father, an overflowing cup, not just a full cup. Father, each one of us, Lord, you would preserve and protect through these things that are happening in the earth. And that, Father, our larders be full, our petrol tanks be full. Lord, that you would provide. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We believe it, we receive it. Cause us all to be conscious of it and know it. You will never leave us or forsake us. You will be our Jehovah Jireh. You will be the Lord, our shepherd. You will be the one who saves us and delivers us, leads us and guides us, and provides for us. We thank you for it, Lord. But Lord, also we lift before you those out there who don't know this. And we ask that you would touch them too, through us and other Christians. And Lord, bring them in here to hear this message. The good news for the poor, that Lord, you love us enough not just to save us eternally, but to provide for us in time and at the deepest point of our need in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.